I imagine this will be completely unrelatable um, to anyone who does not host a podcast. Uh, but I have a story, and then I want to throw it to you as a question. Um, when Elena, my girlfriend, likes to catch me up on all of the most recent like celebrity gossip and drama, right? Uh, so, so this past week she's been eating. Uh, just fine with uh don't worry darling news which by the way saw the flick it's like a five out of ten it's not it's not terrible it's not very good um but are, are you familiar with this like don't, all this drama don't don't worry is that the one with the harry styles yeah yeah cool uh, cool cool not gonna get into it here but there's just a lot, a lot <laughs> of, of behind tea? the scenes a lot stuff. of tea yes. as the uh 2020 students would say are, are, do they still say that? Like, no, no, no. I dab tea. and they look at me like I'm a like a like a devil. I'll say that, dude. Dabbing was like a thing when I was like, and l- maybe, let me maybe tell it's you, like I'm, a sophomore, junior in high school. Keeping that dream alive, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and Avengers sent game. Yeah. Um, but so she'll like tell me all like the drama about all these celebrities and stuff, and like I I know like I'm not like uh, completely unplugged like I know who a lot of the celebrities are but like sometimes there will be people that she'll bring up and I don't know who they are Uh, and so what I'll do is I will do while we're talking just like a preliminary Google search on my phone uh, as if we're doing a podcast just so that I can have like who's this person what are the three (laughs) movies they've been in what's like surround you know like what are they known for just like I just need like a snapshot of this person so I can talk to you about it Uh, and Elena will get mad at me because she'll be like like please don't be on your phone like look at me like i'm trying to talk to you and i'm like no no look at what i'm look i'm like looking up what we're talking about um and i recently told her i was like do you know why i do this because i that's what i do on my podcast whenever <laughs> i don't know what we're talking about i just do a quick search and i see it and then we can talk about it a little bit uh or at least i have like a better understanding of what we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah um and she looked at me and just very like like not coldly but just like like no remorse was like well, this isn't a podcast. Oh, <laughs> I know. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's true. But do I you think, do that? I, I yeah. Like the thing I do is I always go on IMDb when I'm watching a movie or something to like oh, see like who the people are yeah. and you just get through the, the rabbit hole. That's why I almost like dislike watching things in theaters because like you don't do you can't do that while you're watching it. It's like right. I know you, you're from something. If I pull up my phone, everyone's gonna throw popcorn at me. Um but like I think that's like a good and a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because like you have information there and you have answers yeah. to these questions. The bad thing is that you yeah, you're you're literally like disconnecting and like on your phone when you're like having a conversation trying to like get something done but i don't know i think it's it's made my memory bad i don't wait no 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 no. i'm not gonna blame it making my i have a bad memory to begin with so like the fact that i don't have to like activate much of it i always tell like my students when we're like doing something that they don't know the answer to and i clearly know they don't know the answer to it i don't remember i'm like just just you it's not being graded just you in your brain try to think of the answer and put something on there that says that's other than i don't know see what comes out because i think that's like one of those skills of just like trying to collect that stuff and like bring it down that's important yeah but also like there's the world's so big nowadays uh, he says this says the old man you know the there well, is no, so much like, out there there's so much to learn yeah yeah like when when our parents were children, they had three television stations and they weren't in color and they could just watch whatever's on TV. Now you have everything at your fingertips at all times and you can do, you know, watch live TV whenever you want on your phone. Um, by the way, YouTube TV has changed my life for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> What's on YouTube TV? Like, is it like Cable. live or is it all streaming? Oh, Cable. really? Yeah. 
Yeah, like everything you want, like is just right there. You got the Food Network that can be, you know, out for a run. You know, hear a little bit Guy Fieri and his diner drive. It's always, it's always Guy Fieri, always, always. Because I think they know what the people want. I don't know if I want that. You don't want Guy Fieri? That guy seems like a good hang. Probably, but like I don't need to see diners, drive-ins, and dives, and then the grocery store games like back to back. I mean, just spread it out a little bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, my uh, my fiance is giving me a round of applause. <laughs> what well, I mean, what what would you prefer on the Food Network? Like, I, I'm chopped? a huge, uh, yeah, I'm a huge Chop fan. Yeah. Like to see like what they put together, and it's to the point now. Like I I know this is how my I I think my grandparents m- must have gotten after a while because it'll be like we saw this before, right? No, I don't remember that. Wait, no, I've seen that guy before, right? <laughs> chopped, You've definitely yeah. seen that before because we've just like wa- like we're we're watching like from the beginning the series, but then we've like seen stuff on like live TV sometimes. So it's just like one of those things. Like when I've always feel like I've seen it, but yeah, yeah. chopped. It's the way to go. I like that one. And, um, it's one with Alan Brown. It's like the uh, same good thing. Eats. Good eats. Uh, well, he's got oh, a Iron few. Chef. It's like Iron Chef. Is that mm-hmm. it? Where it's yep. like basically chopped, but a little bit different. It's like with like the celebrity chefs that they bring in, and they'll like bring a challenger in, and at the beginning they'll have all the yes, chefs doing like yes, cool yes, poses. Yes, yes, yes. Did you ever see like the original Japanese version? No. Oh, it's Didn't different. Even know there like was it's one. different. So it like I think initially was a Japanese like television show. Oh, cool. But like it's just like you're you're selecting a fighter to go against. It's not like you're just selecting a chef. It's like which of these chefs is the one you're gonna take on? Are you gonna do this one because you think that the weaker the weaker easy average character, or do you want this like hard one that has like the cool like moves and stuff like that? Do you want to try to take on? It's like crazy. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is your Food Network recommendation of yep. the Weekends at Box. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> uh, Hitbox episode number one hundred and twelve. Uh, you'd be remiss if it, I mean, like, you'd think that I hadn't done this before. Hadn't done this maybe let's say one hundred and eleven times before, before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred hundred twelve doesn't really come off the the mouth really well. It's, you it's know? T- hundred and like hundred and twelve. Should, should we come up with a new way to say a hundred? Because we're going to be saying that for a hundred more. You know what I mean? Like hundred twelve. Hundo twelve. I don't know if that sounds no, any better. Like it, doesn't, that. it doesn't flow at all. <laughs> what about like one o twelve? But that sounds like ten. That's which like twelve. I mean, when uh, we get to episode one o twelve, we have we have made it. <laughs> yeah, uh, put a pin in that. If you think of something, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> uh, my name is Peter Hunsbedek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host Justin Makovich. How you doing, man? I feel like I literally haven't heard from you or seen you since last time we recorded. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot. So uh, it's like it's the beginning of October. The fall season is here. The The air is crisp and, and, and cool in the mornings and kind of like a little too hot with the sun in the afternoon. And yeah, with this yeah. fall weather comes the sniffles and the sicknesses. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I got hit with, with a cold and me being the the good uh, uh, very cautious person I am. I've been like way over COVID testing, um, mm-hmm. just to make sure I don't have the COVID because I don't want to give people that. But isn't it weird how like if it's COVID, shut down. But if it's like a, a an infectious cold, like go to work, it's fine. 
I'm. I mean, I guess it's one of those things, right? Where like, maybe I'm wrong. Just, do colds kill people? I mean, probably, like bad ones do. Like the flu does. Yeah, like I don't even. I don't know if I have the flu or whatever. I just have like a, a cold or whatever. And I guess yeah. that that is like part of it too. But like, I'm thinking of like even so much for like us as people because. You know, if I'm feeling sick, I, I don't feel like you I should, should feel like I have you to. You should be able to relax and yeah, get not better. Be sick. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just had a sleep. I like fell asleep on the couch, like Ooh. like in a really odd position. Like Ooh. and I just woke up the next morning feeling really great, actually. So sometimes oh, that's what you need. That's good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I hope you're feeling better. You seem you seem to be pretty good. The, and just talking to you, you seem to the, be the Diet Coke here. You got to. Yeah. Uh, That'll do it. Uh, By the way, this is not a a sponsorship, but hey, if you want to be, McDonald's has Big Macs. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm working on eating better, being better. I don't want to tell you how many I've eaten in the past week and a half, but I remember a day when there used to be two for five. Those were the days. That sounds awesome. Back in the day, the the $5 foot long as well. $5 dollars used to get you a lot. Yeah, that was like two In the fast food world. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I learned how to make macarons this week. Oh, macarons? Macarons. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, and it was pretty good. Okay, and, all right. And right. um, that's what I've been doing. Let's talk about the news. Uh, Stadia dies for real. Like, yo, guys, Stadia fucking died. <laughs> um, and, and yes, they were still alive. <laughs> yeah, right, yes. Um, trudging along for a while. But no, Stadia has died for real. Horizon Zero Dawn remake is rumored to be in the works. And 2K makes a tattoo mistake. We're going to talk about all of those video game headlines and more before we do. Just want to hit you with a quick reminder. Join us on Discord. Uh, the link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also find it on our Twitter at HitboxPod. On Discord, y'all, I want your seven-word reviews. I want them. I put one in for, um, 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 what game is this? Return to Monkey Island. Justin, you did too. Mine was, how many puzzles are too many puzzles? Yours? Grog. Uh, I'm not picking that up. Grog. And I like that. (laughs) And I want more of them. I know people, I know people have been playing video games. I know it. If you listen to this podcast and you're not listening to games, I don't know how lost you are yeah how did you get (laughs) here please let us know i want to know how that algorithm got you to where we are and how you kept listening after (laughs) like after it turned from like food network fun to like we're gonna talk about like tattoo laws Uh, i guess that's kind of interesting in video games high interest uh we're gonna talk about stadia which is not interesting to anyone even google does not like stadia (laughs) uh which i guess we'll get into uh but yeah hop onto our discord uh it's super it's just click on the link and you're in. Uh, go ahead and if you want to support us on Patreon with some financial, uh, give us some financial support, you can hop on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod, be a $1 podcast producer, be a $3 deluxe podcast producer, just like Jay Knoll, Dave Parker. For those three extra dollars a month that you you pled to, pledge to us, I've, I'm like tripping over all my words today. If you pledge $3 a month to us, you get an extra 30 minute bonus episode every single week. We're up to at least seven hours of bonus content. And again, it's every single week. Um, if not, that's all good. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Whatever else. Uh, Justin, you want to talk about the video games that came out this week? Let's do it. Metacritic Round. 
uh, two big things here. The first one, and, and I think both are actually kind of interesting to talk about. The first one is grounded on the Xbox Series X, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, this has been around for a long time in early access on Game Pass. This has been made by Obsidian. They made uh, The Outer Worlds and Fallout New Vegas, to name a handful of their titles. Um, but this is like a survival craft em up and you've played this, right? I just threw my pen across <laughs> my, the room on my computer. Uh, yeah, I played it, uh, when it was early, early in early access. Um, and it's been like going through some things like throughout the time that it was on early access. Um, but this is like at the very beginning. So you basically, uh, one of those survival crafting games in which you don't know how, at least when I played it, uh, you are shrunk down and thrown into a backyard very much honey. I shrunk the kids kind of style. And, uh, basically everything's terrifying. All's out there to attack you. And, uh, you just have to like craft stuff, uh, use, you know, uh, grass, uh, armor and things like that. And eventually you get bug insect armor that you put on. And then you find this little like cool sciencey thing in there that they send you on like little quests to collect things and attack things. Um, but it's like, a, a from when I played it again, this is early on in the process. It was a fun little survival crafting game. Um, and it was on game pass. And let me tell you when you want to play something and it's free, it's on game pass. You do that. So I enjoyed it. Um, and it seems like it's doing pretty well. Yeah, so on Xbox Series X, it's got an 82. On PC, it's got an 83, and it is unranked on Xbox One. Um, I mean, I have heard that people really like Grounded. It's not something I've really touched. Uh, survival, craft em ups is not really my thing. Um, but I am glad to see that the like 1.0 version of this uh, has been met with uh, positivity. Uh, and like the user score, too. Like, we, we, you know, we talk about how like user scores are always. They're a mixed bag, right? Because people love to just hop on on here and bomb them. But uh, the PC one has a 7.3 and the Xbox one has a uh, 7.8. So it's good to see that it's got a nice community that's, I don't know, interested in this and, and likes uh, like new IPs and interesting IPs, you know? Because like this is something like completely original and not like part of anything established before, I don't think. So... Yeah. Um, have you, uh, did you, did you ever watch honey? I shrunk the kids. Is that like, yeah, oh. back when I was a child and it, it spooked me. It freaked me out. Uh, I would think I was very afraid of being eaten in the Cheerios. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know no, what no. I mean? I, it's not okay. So see, that's your, your issue is be, being the one eaten by the Cheerios. Mine is every time I eat Cheerios, I'm like, is You're there a little that person? A person? Like I gotta make sure I don't eat that. Um, but like, uh, uh, auntie, is that the name of the, the character that the little ant that, that saves them from the scorpion and ends up dying? It's, it's a been really a long tragic time. moment, really tragic moment. That was the first time you felt a human emotion. Yeah. And it was towards an ant, which tells you a lot about me and my <laughs> development. <laughs> <laughs> the other game here we've got is Nier Automata, the end of the Yorha edition. This is the Switch version of Nier. Uh, this is not a cloud version of the game. This is just straight up running on the Switch. Um, it is it's still got a few days until it comes out, but I think by the time Hitbox Day launches, uh, is no, it's uh, sorry, on Thursday, so the day after Hitbox Day, um, it'll be available to play. It's got an 88. Uh, I would expect nothing less from, in my opinion, I, this might be bold. One of the best video games ever made. Yeah, um, I would. I would love to see how it plays on the Switch, mostly with yeah. the joysticks, because 
Yeah. Not that, not that this game is like exceptionally precise at all times, but just I, I, I always talk about the claw fingers when I'm playing it, how I'm doing yeah. that. And then plus there is aiming involved with it. But um, this is not a day one purchase for me, but I'm, I'm glad to see that it's running well on the Switch. Uh, not that, you know, a, a game that came out. When did this first come out? 2017. Yeah, not that a game from 2017 shouldn't be able to run in the Switch, but um, I'm just glad that more people will get it, will be able to play this because I, we always speak from a, a place of privilege with our with our gaming libraries that we have most of systems in order to play most things that we want to play. Yeah. Um, uh, still waiting for Half Life uh, Alexa to come on uh, the uh, Half Life Alexa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like Alex. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> just just trying to anger my house. <laughs> <laughs> And anyone who's listening to this on speaker. Um, Sorry. Yeah. And this has a little bit of exclusive content to the end of the Yorha edition. Uh, it's got like DLC where you can um, three types of coliseums. I, I assume those are like combat arenas and stuff. And you've got mm-hmm. different costumes that you can wear um, to make the cast of Nier Automata look like the cast of Nier Replicant. Um, mm. Yeah, I want to I want to play this, but. We will see. There's nothing else coming out, though. You're right. We're in yeah, such just, a, a barren wasteland of yeah. anything. And the Switch has nothing large coming out in it in the next couple of, couple of weeks. Nothing to really fill your time. And All right, man. Real talk. Are you going to play Persona 5 Royal when it comes to the Switch? Well, okay. It, it really... The answer is yes, but yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, but when is Pokemon? Is That's going to be like December, right? November. Oh, is it really November? Do we have a date for it? Yeah, I hope so. Um, because like that's going to be just the one. Because I always say uh, November eighteenth. Yeah, whenever a new Pokemon comes out, I'm always like, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like the the the, the next. This is gonna be the Pokemon game I start IV EVing about. Um, probably won't happen, but like I always <laughs> say that, and then I get really like yeah. into like not using my time effectively to like start grinding for stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know. I will. I am gonna buy it, and I feel like. If I don't play it on Switch, Persona Five. Uh, yep. If I don't play it on Switch, then I have no excuses. I'm a horrible person. And uh, no, Justin, no, no one's saying that. Everyone, I'll say, shouting. I'll say this. Um, I don't think that like Persona Five is best enjoyed like marathoning it. Mm. I think you know you get it in October and then you play until something comes out that catches your eye and then, you know, you stop with Pokemon and play that for a while because I feel like Pokemon is the sort of thing where like you know you sit down and you play it until it's over. Right. You don't really for me, at least I don't play it for a little bit, put it down for, you know, a week, two weeks, come back to it, repeat, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, whereas Persona, that's I mean, it's such a long game. That's how you have to play it. You yeah. Know? Um, but I, I think the good thing about Persona on the Switch is I am not going to be trapped by the potential of a platinum um, and like. Yeah having to try to like make the perfect run and do everything correctly. And I know Royal was a little bit better with what they it's did with really the trophy good system. Trophy list. Um, and I know that's the case, but I also know that I probably just don't have the, the mindset to go grind for it at this point. And the one barrier for me playing it is playing it. And then when I play it, when I play the original one, I'm like, well, I got to do everything perfectly. I got to do every single upgrade I need. And if I don't have that, I'm just playing it casually. Um, I think that will at least do me a little bit better. So I'm yeah. excited for this and I will play it. Um, find a way to sprinkle it in uh, throughout Pokemon play sessions, I guess. I almost bought the uh, Persona 5 Royal Steelbook for the Switch or the PS5 because I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll play it again. And then I was like, I, can't, I simply can't. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't. I, yeah. I want to. 
Uh, I would love nothing more than to do that, but I just I shouldn't. So and I, won't. I know this is suddenly becoming a Persona Five thing. Would you would you play it differently? Could you play it differently, like significantly enough to like make it worth it? Yeah, uh, well, my Persona Five Royal playthrough was like pretty solid. Um, I had maxed out, like, I maxed out all the confidants that I wanted to, and I only missed one of my um, one of the one Phantom Thieves confidant level, um, which comes into play at the very end. Uh, it's totally optional, but basically, like, if you and this isn't a spoiler, uh, like, it's not a story spoiler. I mean, if you max out your confidant. Uh, their persona transforms and becomes more powerful. And uh, if you've done that, by the very end of the game, uh, something happens and the characters that you have maxed out, their personas will uh, transform again and become even more powerful, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and that, like that's something that like the game just doesn't tell you. It just happens. Um, and it happened to everyone except for one. Uh, sorry, Haru, you're just not that interesting. And you come in really late in the game. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, I, I think I would play it probably pretty similar. I might like try a, a different romance option, but like, I just like it kind of. My girlfriend doesn't like Makoto Nijima because I was like describing like how Persona works, and she's like, "So you're going on virtual dates with this girl?" And I was like, "No, I mean like uh, no." Um, and and when I replayed it for royal i romanced uh, uh kasumi yoshizawa the the one of the new characters and like it kind of fucking broke my heart to leave makoto in the dust like that oh wait I, a second i kind of felt like <laughs> when you say it like that i understand <laughs> and so my worry my worry is that i would if i were to replay the game i wouldn't do it any different because i would just because <laughs> it's just like I, I think that they're just a good pair yeah that um, makes sense makes sense yeah, so I, I have to say, and that I had the same the issue in Mass Effect One when I had the choice to save Ashley or not. No, Dude, I didn't. Why? I just immediately just well, went yeah, out I was like, I was like out of what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so that we gotta we gotta uh, cut loose from Persona Five until that game comes out. And we'll talk about so, it every week yeah. and for the next year while I'm beating it. That's fine. There's a great podcast called um, Take Your Time. It's a Persona Five podcast where. Uh, Jonathan Dornbrush uh, from uh, formerly IGN, now Naughty Dog, uh, and someone else, I don't remember who, um, play the game a week at a time. Like in-game, they just play seven days and then they oh. come back and talk about it. And so they That's play funny. it through a whole year. Um, and right now they're they're doing the Persona 5 Strikers as like a follow-up. Oh, that's kind of cool. Is that, yeah, is that done the same way? Yeah, it, well, like they are doing it like that. I haven't caught up with the the show to hear like how exactly they're doing it. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers is a little different than Persona 5 where like you can just sit down and do the dungeon all in one day. I mean, that's what I would do in Persona 5 anyway, but like that's not necessarily what you're intended to do. Like you're intended to go in, do a little dungeon stuff, and then when you're tired, like leave and come back. Whereas in Persona 5 Strikers, there's just like nothing else for you to do or per like pastime or whatever. But um, let's talk about a delay, Justin. Okay. Uh, Skull and Bones. Are you looking forward to Skull and Bones, the pirate ship Ubisoft game? I haven't we talked about a couple other delays of, of Skull and Bones, like a few from what I remember. Yeah, we've talked about Skull and Bones being delayed. Mm, I'm going to say three or three times, maybe. Or maybe this is the third time. Uh, yeah, this game was announced, I think, in 2017. Uh, yep. First revealed at E3 2017. 
and uh, it was announced to be coming out the following year in 2018. And here we are in 2022. Release date was supposed to be the same as God of War, November 18th, uh, or maybe 9th, sorry, of this year. And then they have um, delayed it to uh, 2023. But I don't know, if, is there a, a, a date for it? Let's see. Specifically March 9th. They haven't learned anything. They're getting really specific with it. March 9th, they're going to release it at yeah. 723. I'm just kidding. But like, it, like it is March 9th. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, what's, uh, like, are you itching to play this game? I'm not. I mean, if I, if, if it's, I don't want to be this person, but like, if it's on a street, like a game pass, which I don't know if it is, is it going to be? No idea. Probably Ubisoft not. doesn't usually launch their stuff on yeah, that, but. Like that would get me to do it maybe to try it out. Um, I do not have fond memories of the ship combat necessarily um, of Assassin's Creed. I remember some of it being a little frustrated, frustrating with Black Flag, like when you're doing those legendary battles yeah, um, yeah. Like with the ships, like the hard level combat wasn't so fun. Um, and then my most recent memories of it is every time they put it in the Assassin's Creed games since has just been a, like a, a side shoot when you're trying to beat the game. You do a stupid mission when you're like going somewhere and it's like not fun. So. It's so weird because like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, I think, well, yes, I would say that the ship combat like could, I mean, as we've seen, has evolved since then. Like the ma- the goal of the game was to like upgrade your ship. And yeah. like, yeah, like that was like such a huge aspect of it. Whereas now it's just in every single Assassin's Creed game. And it's nothing like it's, it's like, just it's like, like another thing on. to do. Yeah. yeah. And like the, um, the, the combat itself was fine in in Black Flag because you had some strategy with the weapons and the way you did it. Like eventually you got like a back cannon that you could use that kind of changed things yeah. up a little bit. Um, but you play it long enough, like getting taking down the big ships is all kind of the same. And then like I thought some of the pirate ships was a little bit not fun for me. But um, I would have hoped they would have iterated on that. And maybe this is what Skull and Bones is. They like fix that gameplay instead of just doing it directly. But who's to say and they keep delaying it i'm sure they're not delaying it because it's good i mean right and and i'll be honest man you want to play a very fun pirate game play sea of thieves i mean maybe skull and, i don't know is skull and bones a multiplayer I, I may maybe not um but in like sea of thieves like absolutely is but um yeah i i i think get some friends together play sea of thieves you're gonna have a great time yeah i just why uh, this would be so much better if they just were one day like, you know, what, we're going to drop this game today. Here you go. Like, why even bring it up for coming out this year? It's probably a financial thing. So I don't know if it's them trying to boost prices for a little bit, because I don't think Ubisoft has a big game coming out this year. Right. At all. They don't. And yeah. this was it. So maybe they were going to like force it in there. But I, even if they did send it out, I don't think this would have been a financial success. It is coming out around God of War. It is coming out in a very busy time of the calendar for stuff. So like it just doesn't make sense to me that they would would try to rush it out to begin with and put an announcement date on it. It just shows a lot of interesting choices by Ubisoft here. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, I might. Yeah, if I can get this like for free <laughs> or for cheap <laughs> or, but I mean, you know, you know, Ubisoft games is, so, you know, if this comes out March, what ninth, you said, I March, I had it pulled up March 9th. Yeah. So like, you know, if this is coming out March 9th, then by, I don't know, May 15th, this will be $30. Probably, you know, um, like I, I want to call out this uh, article on IGN by Rebecca Valentine here. Um, uh, literally says uh skull and bones delayed for the fifth time and then the the subtitle is fifth times the charm 
Oh, I get it. I read it as like the charm. <laughs> no, that's that's it's pi- funny. It's pirate speak for 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 charm, and I like it. Yes, yes. Uh, we're gonna talk more about pirate speak uh, in a little bit when we talk about Monkey Island. Um, but that, that that'll be the end of the show. Justin, I see that you haven't played anything new this week. No, I haven't no. either. But I did watch something as requested by one of our listeners. Um, I'm not going to read their tag out loud because I don't know if they're cool with that or not. But I have watched seven episodes of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is the Cyberpunk 2077 like sto- spinoff anime on Netflix. And there's ten episodes. I've watched seven of them. I was only going to watch one or two just to be like, just to see what's up. And uh, I am enjoying it which is kind of loaded <laughs> okay so i um i watched the first episode of did this. you no kidding yeah um and it's weird to me like like you you have more of an informed opinion here um it's weird to me because the anime style the animation style of it uh like the first scene is like really like kind of stunning with like the backdrop and everything like that and then they have uh, like this like character and this like cool like trench coat thing doing this like awesome thing and they cut to the characters like just the character scenes and it looks like this like kind of like sketched like hap- haphazard kind of animation style that like kind of plays back and forth with it uh so i don't know the the anim- it was an interesting animation style but when they went hard on it it was beautiful to watch yes uh i would say that to be honest uh, this is a shame uh and there are things i like by the way i don't want to just leave with negative stuff but uh i think that the animation is probably its weakest one uh, one of its weaker elements uh because yeah you're right i, I think it does have that kind of like sketchbook vibe to it, which is cool. I like that depending on what it is like, um, different medium, obviously, but the manga for chainsaw man, for example, looks very raw and kind of unfinished in a way that's like really cool and stylish. Uh, whereas this just feels like it's not entirely done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and you can also tell, um, that the the budget for the actual animation of this was probably not super high. It makes sense. It's, you know, a new thing uh, for Netflix to spend money on. And they've been, uh, I think, gutting their animation stuff pretty hardcore recently. Um, but there's a lot of scenes where you will get a very, very, very wide shot, like basically just of the entire uh, like area of two characters talking. And it's just completely static. Um, or it's like very slowly panning around. So you don't have to actually animate anything other than just like the slow pan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to be to be fair, to defend it, that's like kind of like where the, the anime style kind of come from for those like budget cutting like yes. uh, styles. And now now anime is so big that they don't do it anymore just to save <laughs> frames. You know, they do it to like keep the style going. Agreed. But I think it is. Uh, it can be distracting because there will be scenes where it's like just completely everything stopped and you're just looking at something totally random and it's like I get what's going on here uh, and you know I appreciate that it being sort of stylish but um, yeah I, I think the animation like I don't love the art style necessarily I would love I, yeah um, it reminds me almost of like a cross between an anime and something like Invincible in terms of like the really yeah. graphic violence oh graphic um, violence Oof. yeah 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 um, but yeah, I, I like it. Um, it is the sort of thing where like, if you liked cyberpunk, the 2077, the video game, you will like this. Uh, it is more of that. It's just another story from night city. 
Um, but I think that with a recommendation like that, it also uh, comes hand in hand with a lot of the shortcomings of that game. I think not. I mean, obviously not from like a video it's game like freezing mechanic up standpoint. Bad. <laughs> well, they bad, make a joke. bad graphics, <laughs> dude. They make a joke about about the bugs. Um, where in episode like six or something like that, uh, they end up getting chased by the police. And one of the characters is like, it seems like these police are just spawning out of nowhere just to follow us. Uh, and it's like, haha, I remember when your game was fucking busted. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's, I, I think it's an interesting story. Uh, for those who haven't watched it, basically it's about, um, this kid named David who, uh, his mom dies and he, ends up with a military grade cybernetic like spinal implant. Um, and he used to be like a prep school kid uh, at like an Arasaka Academy and then drops out to join a bunch of Netrunners. Uh, or it's unclear. Are net is a Netrunner the person who like hacks into stuff and you need just like one hacker per group or is like, or are they all at Netrunners? You know what I'm asking? Um, I thought we were edge runners for a second, but well, I, I heard, I've heard them say edge runners, I think one time in the whole show, but they keep saying net runners. and they look at the, they look at the camera and they're like edge runners, dude, right? I Is think that... it's a, maybe it's a, maybe you, you'll remember this. If this was in episode one, if not, it was in episode two for sure. Um, they ask him like, so you want to be a cyberpunk? And he's like, yeah, brother or whatever. Uh, and it's just like, what is this? <laughs> Even like as, as corny as cyberpunk 2077 could be they didn't ever ask v like so are you ready to be a cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> um in the year 2077 <laughs> um but no i i do like it uh i've watched a lot more of it than i thought i would um i think that if you don't like the writing style of cyberpunk 2077 you will not like this i think it does a lot of the like edge edgy to be edgies you know um which i don't love um but yeah, I, I think this is like a, it's like a solid, it's a solid watch if you liked Cyberpunk 2077. And hey, it seems like a lot of people are liking this and then hopping back into Cyberpunk 2077, which you can get David's jacket now in the game, which is kind of cool. It's pretty cool. Look at that. They're, they're making a connection to the game. Is that jacket mm -hmm. buggy or? I don't. Just I don't glitches know. it all again. Starts the whole drama from the beginning and resets the whole There's a lot of code. game UI in it too. When he gets phone calls, it like shows up in the corner and it like goes in like that. Uh, and uh, like I was worried that the show would be very like would be leaning really heavily on like the events of the game or the characters in the game. And like some of them do show up, but it's it's not. They're not like. I hate when characters show up as a like a cameo or a reference, but they just like look at the camera like, uh, it's Delamain. Remember There's the taxi? Round of applause, everyone's like clapping. <laughs> yeah, Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um you know, because I, I don't know, I just feel that's like not earned, but uh it doesn't do that really. Um you have characters show up sort of in the background a little bit. Um and, and I like that uh, as opposed it, it like it fleshes out the world a little bit more as opposed to just being like something that revels in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But um, I still find that like, uh, it is like, I, I, it has the same problem I think as the game did where just cause you say fuck a lot and show a lot of graphic nudity and sex scenes. Like it doesn't mean that you're like a mature, you have a mature message or anything like that, or like, or saying anything like with re any real maturity. Um, and to me, that's that sort of stuff is distracting. 
You know what I mean? Like, like every other word in this game is fuck. In this show, it's fuck. And it's like, listen, I yeah, I get it. Like, I, I'm, I, I like the word. I'm a fan of the word. If you listen to 112 episodes of this of this show with me, you know, I like the word. But you gotta have other stuff here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I think for I think for me, one of the issues is that cyberpunk as a as a world just isn't like interesting to me. Like this like cool metal stuff. Like it's it's it like. It just doesn't like I don't I don't I'm the millennial over here and I don't I don't really connect with this kind of like yeah. stuff, um, and like this almost is my issue with Splatoon to a point. Like it feels like this is like the adult Splatoon in the same kind of world. Like we're seconds away from the Inklings just going oh, at I it see, with each I other with their okay. with their like the over over stylized kind of stuff. And I just don't know if I connect with that um, as an old man, which I guess I am. I, I I know what you mean. Um, I went for a run yesterday, and, like, yeah. my back just was hurting oh, all the no, way down my Justin. leg. And then my hip. Like, at night, I was just hobbling around, like, my hip. And I was like, is this happening? I think cyberpunk is too edgy, and then I'm, my back hurts. Like, I'm becoming old. <laughs> Sounds like what you need is a fucking cyber implant, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ripper doc. He'll fix you up for real cheap. Just a few eddies. Um... <laughs> It's real hot right now, though. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. People are fucking loving it. Uh, and like, I get it. It's just to me, it's it, it's like a like a seven out of ten show that like is enjoyable in the same way that like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was an enjoyable seven out of ten, but maybe not like as deep as I would have wanted it to be. Uh, like, like you're saying about the setting of Night City. Like, I, I don't think that uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or Edge Runners uh, says anything with the setting. I just think that it's they're like, oh, well, this is a cool place. Like, and it's, you know, it's visually very interesting to like look at and um, it, it is cool. But like, I don't know. I think cyberpunk is interesting by, about when it talks about like poverty or um, the way that like edge runners get so close to saying anything about like healthcare, where uh, David's mom dies because she doesn't have health care. She doesn't have the uh, trauma team response and they show up because there's an accident and they leave her. And like that's fucked up, you know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, it doesn't really like sit like it skirts around almost saying like, isn't that bad? And how that's sort of like how we are today, <laughs> like where we live in America. Um, but yeah, there you go. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I will finish it next week by the time we talk next week and I will give you my full review. And by that, I mean just like it stuck the landing or it did not stick the landing. But Justin, let's talk about the news. What do you say? Let's do it. Dead as a doornail, Stadia is eulogized. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) On September 29th, one Phil Harrison, the vice president and general manager of Stadia, uh, took to the Google, like, it's called the keyword. It's like their, uh, you know, blog spot. Mm, how, How... how edgy the keyword. How edgy the keyword. Uh, what is this? <laughs> is this some Arasaka uh, 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 corpo? Oh, there's the word. I was going to call him like a, uh, like a suit and tie, but that feels like something else. What I'm trying to say is there's this blog post um, where they basically said Stadia is dead. We thank you for your support all of these years. Uh, Stadia will be uh, closing its services January 18th. If you are looking for a refund on either hardware or software, we will give it to you. That should be rolling out and completing by mid-January 2023. Thank you for your time. 
Um, that piece of news, Justin, that snapshot, how does that take you? Does that surprise you at all that, that Sadie is shutting down? No, I think, I think it's like one of those things that this is, it, it's, before like going into Stadia specifically, I was a slow convert to putting my shit on Google, like just everything on yeah. Google, because I'm always the kind of person and I've worked with an, enough ed- education technology for a long enough time to be like, you know, eventually there's going to be a new website where we have to put all of our stuff yeah, online, yeah. you know, and then eventually Google like took over and I'm like, all right, whatever. Google knows everything about me. I'm just going to give them all my photos and information too. whatever. That's fine. Um, well, I'm double password protected internet, so don't steal my stuff. Um, so when Google is like, Hey, we're going to come out with a video game system and you can buy all of our games, like stream them right to whatever device you're doing. Even though I was like a little bit like, well, Google is the company to do that. I kept thinking Google will cut this when it stops making money. And this is an expensive thing for them to do. And I don't want to have to like put all my video game stuff into a service that'll be gone one day. And sure enough, here we are to a place where it's gone. And this is like one of those things that's kind of uh, the digital ownership because you don't own these games anymore. You can't own these games anymore. (laughs) Right. They're, they're, They're gone. The system is gone. The service is gone. There is no way to even like do, I'm sure there's probably some way, but everything is going to be deleted, gone. And then your character stuff is, is, is never, never there anymore. So I think this is like the, the worry in action of what could happen with digital games in the future. If they just decide one day, well, PS, PS store is gone. You can't play it anymore. Remember that PT thing? Can't play it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think it's worrisome, but out of all the companies, I don't think Microsoft or even um, uh, you know Sony or anyone would pay what you spent back. Like that's pretty cool. The biggest surprise to this for me was that they were like, "And we are refunding you on both hardware and software." Yeah. They're not refunding you on if you had like what it, like Stadia Pro or whatever yeah. it was, where like you got games for free and and whatnot. Um, which I think makes sense because you like use that service, like you paid for that service and, and you you know used it to completion uh, versus like I am very surprised that they are giving any refunds at all, whether that is hardware or software, um, because, yeah, I agree. I don't think that Microsoft or Sony or obviously not Nintendo. Um, would <laughs> ever. Nintendo is like, yeah, actually, we're going to charge you 60 bucks to <laughs> yes, cancel the yes. service. So <laughs> give us some money. Um, yeah, I'm, I am shocked to hear that they are giving refunds because I just don't think any other company really would. Um, but like, I don't know this kind of puts like a decent taste in my mouth on this way out being like, well, Hey, you know, this was sort of like a weird failed experiment, but, um, so it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think too, like, I think, um, it probably shows you how expensive this was too, because they crunched the numbers and they're like, it's a cost saving, it's cost saving measure to cut this. And then they refund all the purchases people made on it. Like yeah. that, that clearly is them just doing the counting. And they're like, if we keep this service going for another year or two years, it's going to be much better for us to just pay them now, take this lump sum and stop worrying about this stuff. Um, so I, I think, again, I think it's good that they're doing it. And you're right. Perfect taste in your mouth because we all knew Stadia wasn't going to survive. The three people who are upset about this are going to get their $1,200 back for all the games they bought on this. And I think things will mostly be fine. Uh, I saw that some Stadia developers uh, found out when this all broke, which I think the you know Google could have done them a favor and said, "Hey, just so you know, um, <laughs> this is ending." Uh, but yeah, I, I think as 
like that seems to happen pretty frequently. I remember when they said when Sony was going to be shutting down the Vita store, there was some Vita developer that was like, hey, didn't know about this. Uh, would have been nice to have a heads up. So um, I'm curious exactly who they told about this. Uh, you did mention, though, um, like save data and stuff like that. And while I imagine not everything will be uh, letting you transfer your save data, a uh, handful of big companies who have had um, some pretty big Stadia pushes have come out and said, like, hey, we are going to be working on figuring out a way for you to potentially be able to um, bring your save over to, like, other PC um, save data. So Ubisoft came out and said that, that they're going to try and transfer it to Ubisoft Connect. Um, Destiny, uh, Bungie, sorry, said that they have, quote, begun conversations about next steps for... Um, what to do about all that save data. And then, uh, IO interactive who makes, you know, Hitman um, has come out and said that as well. Uh, they said, uh, in a tweet, we hear you. We are looking for, uh, into ways for you to continue your Hitman experience on other platforms. Um, so who knows that might, I, I don't know exactly how this would work. I, they might switch over to like something like Amazon Luna or something like that. But uh, that also doesn't seem super long for this world in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, this is just a logistical nightmare to think about some of this stuff. And I mean, it's yeah. already hard. Like a lot of these 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 games that are talking have already like done a good job about transferring saves over and stuff. But let's use Hitman for example. Like it. it should be simple that if you own hitman here you got to hear here and here but it's not like that sometimes it's no. like if you own hitman one on steam it wouldn't transfer over to here but if you had two here it would transfer over here it's already like a flow chart this is like sony level levels of comp like complicated here <laughs> trying to think yeah. about how to like make all this stuff work um and do that i'm glad they're trying to do something with it um and like i think they the companies like uh uh ubisoft and like Bungie are equipped to do this stuff pretty well because of their kind of like uh, the they're open and save your transfer through their own websites that they already yeah. do. Um, like I, I was playing um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on PS5 streaming and I was able to get my save from my hard drive through uploaded through Ubi Connect without having to like. Oh, cool upload or transfer it anything other than the fact that it was just already on my ubi connect and that was pretty easy to do so i'm hoping that they are just thinking about how to do that and they already have the aspects to do or the the resources to do that mm -hmm. but i'm glad they're trying like that's an important thing um even if they're just saying it they're you know the the marketing here is that hey we hear you we see we, this is a problem we're going to try to save your stuff yeah um i got a question for you what do you think could have saved stadia and I, I that's the sort of question i feel like i should have prepared you for um but i just thought of it right now what, what do you think they could have done to save it uh have it tied to uh, a physical streaming service like if this was like something like game pass um and you had like a physical streaming service like a physical like you could buy it or stream it if you want like game passes because game pass is one of those situations where um you can you know still buy the games download or you can just download or, them yeah, okay. and like you already have your xbox so you're already in that uh ecosystem anyway and the fact that this was all streaming and not connected to one of the big consoles with big console exclusive i think that was part of the reason why people didn't make that their home system um and i think Part of the issue is is when you have like people like I played a lot of Destiny 2 on Stadia, but it it's like I had to play it there over other places because that's where I had the free content at the time or whatever yeah. the content I had. So um, I think it's partially the the exclusives of people wouldn't like 
they don't need to be in the Stadia ecosystem, and then they'd stay with a because why would I if I have Game Pass? Why would I get Stadia Pro? Right, they just no reason, no reason for, for it. it. And if I you know get Game Pass, I get all these cool exclusives and stuff like that. So I think that's part of it. And then I do think there was the the hesitancy about it. Like it's new. Um, I you know I, a lot of people deal with streaming games now, and I think a lot of people who use Stadia were surprised. I was surprised at how well it worked. Yeah, um, me too. We constantly. did a whole episode about yeah. it. Um, so I think it, it's just a lot of like, it's a new market. And even if they are doing the right thing that eventually everyone's going to do, um, it's probably one of those situations where people enough buyer, like uh, hesitancy on it, plus the lack of people making it their home console. Yeah. Console. I, I think that some of the marketing that they could have done was like, you can't get a PS five, can't get an Xbox series X stadia will get you there. Uh, weirdly enough, we were talking about Cyberpunk just now. Uh, if you remember, Stadia was, when Cyberpunk launched, the best place to play it. Yep. Uh, like, it, like bar none, because you didn't need a PC. You'd, uh, like, like, you know, if you had the hardware, like, do it, but, like, it works. And it, and it was, like, a great place to play that because you're just streaming it from a very powerful machine, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think something like that could have maybe helped. Again, I, I don't know if we are, like, it's very easy for us to sit here and be like, mm, here's how you should have saved your company, Google. Um, <laughs> but I uh, uh, it's not really easy for me to sit here. My knees are acting up and then my, my hip is still kind of like popped oh, in. So, so it's really that, not man. that easy to sit here. So don't assume I'm trying to break in some uh, Doc Martin uh, boots. So my life has been just a living nightmare. <laughs> uh, not wearing them right now. No, I'm, I'm, we're podcasting. I need to be comfortable. Um, but uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Justin, apparently uh, a Kojima game was supposed to be a Stadia exclusive. Wasn't yeah, wasn't the Quarry supposed to be Stadia exclusive as well? And then I that think like initially through? they were gonna they were making it to be, which is baffling. Yeah. Well, uh, according to Nine Two Five Google, a website um, mostly known for uh, you know Google News and and like Android news and stuff like that in terms of uh, like phones and stuff. Uh, they had an exclusive report where a source, an, an anonymous source, told 9 to 5 Google that um, the game Kojima was working on uh, as a follow-up to Death Stranding was meant to be a Stadia exclusive. Um, I don't know if that means, like, Death Stranding 2? Or if that means, because they don't specify. Um, well, I, they do say that... it. I, our source says it was a single player na- uh, nature of the game. It was the single player nature of the game that led Google to cancel Stadia's co- uh, collaboration with Kojima um, because they Kojima Productions w- was planning it to be a single player game. Sorry, I worded that poorly. It was going to be single player game. Google saw that and said, nope, we are looking for something a little bit more uh, multiplayer focused. And then the whole thing was canned. But- <laughs> Google was like, we're only looking for strand games here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently, what is this? It says previous reporting on Kojima Productions uh, intended Stadia's efforts claimed it would be an episodic horror game. Um, oh, yeah, because Kojima talked about uh, the cloud. Remember? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, back back. Was that a Summer Games Fest when they announced that he was working on something for Xbox? Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe, maybe it's yeah. going to come to maybe that's the thing that's now going to be coming to Xbox. They're using the cloud technology, maybe uh, already messing with that. So 
Stadia is like, you know what? We're not going to do it. And Phil Spencer comes in literally throwing money in the air being like, hey, and then like uh, decides to do it. Like that could be the follow up. I mean, if, if you're going to pivot from state from, a, you know, Stadia or something like that to a larger company, I don't know if larger, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like to yeah. another like major company. Like, yeah, pivot to Microsoft. They're like X Cloud stuff has been pretty Fine. much phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've gotten a lot out of it. Um Versus when you look at, you know, Kojima does have a relationship with Sony, but their cloud stuff is mixed, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, do, w- would you have played this? Probably, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big Kojima believer. Um, I think th- there's there's just something about, like, him as a, a, a artist, as a director that I just enjoy. Even if the games aren't like perfect, there's always just something different and unique about them. Um, I mean, you ex- someone walks up to me and they're like, all right, Death Stranding, it's a game where you're a mailman on foot walking <laughs> through rain that kills you. Will you do it? I'd be like, what are you talking about? But then actually playing it, I was like, this is actually like kind of weirdly relaxing, but also stressful, but also interesting. Also, what's happening? Also, is that a can of monster? Oh, my God. It looks so good. I'm so thirsty right now. I uh, I missed that one. I haven't played it. And it's one of those ones that I want to. It's just it's it's a commitment, right? Like it's pretty big. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It can be big. I think you get it. But it is pretty like it's it's easy to play in terms yeah. of like the it you it's not like because it's so goal oriented and there's so such many goals like yeah. one one of your tasks it's not like a task on a box but it's your ta- get across ravine that's all it is you just get you get get across that ravine how do you do it go find out walk sure. around do whatever and it's just one of those things that all of a sudden twenty minutes have passed and you're like oh no and then thirty minutes and then two hours and then it's one in the morning and you're like I'm gonna ruin my day if I don't go to bed soon and then you don't go to bed soon then everyone leaves you and it's a sad day oh I'm I'm sorry. Let's talk about the Last of Us trailer. Uh, uh, Speaking of was, leaving you, <laughs> it was um, what are they calling this now? Just Last of Us Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah. of Us Day this past week because uh, it mean, used to be Outbreak Day, and then then we had an outbreak, and it was yeah. you know, yeah. We don't want to glorify that. That wasn't fun memories for all of us. Literally for no one, but uh, they showed a an extended and by extended, I mean like a minute and 45 second long trailer for The Last of Us TV show uh, coming to HBO Max. Um, what do you think? I mean, like, I don't really like there, to me, there's not much to say about this because it's just like, yeah, this looks like The Last of Us. It's hard to say about any sort of like real um, like. It's hard to say whether or not this looks really good or not. It just looks like, yeah, this seems like a good show that I would watch. But what do you think? I mean, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to like it, I'm sure. But part of me in my mind, I don't know how shot for shot I want it to be. Oh, I don't like I'm I'm like just kind of waffling back and forth about what I'm looking from it, because if it was something that was totally different, I wouldn't be happy yet if it's something that is just too similar. And I feel like watching this, I felt like I knew where I was. Yes. And I don't hate that. I'm just kind of like confused with my inner feelings of it a little bit. Um, but I think that, I think it looks like good. I think it looks cinematic. I think it looks interesting. Um, and like you see a bunch of the different parts of it that, you know, you, you know what those scenes are just by seeing a couple images. And I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I think one of the images you see is in Bill's town. 
um, you see him like looking at all these security cameras. Yeah, I think um, that's him, right? Yeah, and to me that was like a new shot, a new angle of things. I think it was Bill. It could be anyone. Who knows who it is? But like, yeah. that's something new, and that's something that's pretty interesting. Um, th- I think the clicker looked pretty cool at the very end of it. You get that little sting of it. Looks awesome. Um, it looks great. It's, it's by the same uh, makeup artist who did uh, the Night King um, uh, from Game of Thrones and a couple other like well-known like prosthetics and stuff. So, oh, cool. um, like, I mean, clearly HBO knows some good people to do this stuff, I think. Um, and I mean, I'm going to still watch it and be excited for it. And I'm probably going to be targeted by Sony and by the last of us part one and play it as it's going on week to week. I mean, but, I've, I've got the physical version I of it. Know. If you want to try it for free. Um, oh. Yeah, as someone who just played it, <laughs> uh, I'm watching this. You like, played again. Oh, again. <laughs> oh, again. Again, huh? So it <laughs> does. It, like even like just playing, it's probably even more so in your brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I'm gonna watch this. I I like The Last of Us. In fact, I I would say I love The Last of Us. Um, so this like does me very right. I like Pedro Pascal. I've heard that this Bella Ramsey girl is uh, very good. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. Like you said, the clicker looks great. Um, I'm happy they're going, they're opting for like a real like prosthetic. Like it's a, like it's a physical, like I imagine it's a person in a suit, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a prosthetic, yeah, they might do some CG around it, but I would assume it's, they're going right. to practical stuff with it. Um, but it, uh, it, it looks really good, and my worry with these sorts of things is that they're going to do a uh, CG stuff, like like overdo the CG. Like I think back to the elites in Halo, the TV show, where like those just look like goofy, like um, goofy animated cartoon characters because they were versus the uh i think the prophets in the halo tv show were physical puppets and like those looked awesome because like you can just really tell that like there's a lot of detail in them and like like the actors in the scene like they just they perfectly match the scene because they're really in the scene um so i'm glad to see that that they have uh what looks like real clickers and if they've got that person from you said game of thrones like i'm on board uh, I would say there's all there's a, one kind of warning sign for me that I, I was a little nervous about. Um, there's a couple of scenes that look a little like like video game backgroundy and a little fake compared to everything else. Yeah. Uh, one of the images I'm thinking about specifically is the one where the two towers are like leaning on each other. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's yeah. the lightning. I just looked at that. And I'm like, this looks fake. And I understand like that they're gonna. Yeah, it looks like they're just trying to like recreate the video game so much that it. It takes me away from the real actors of it. And I was hoping that instead of like trying to make this big scale with this kind of stuff, they keep it a little bit more personal and like to the face of the actors without it looking fakey. Um, mm-hmm. This is me probably like just being a little nitpicky for for no specific reason other than the fact that um, I want something that I don't know what I want with this game, with this movie uh, show. Jeez, what is this? Um, but uh, well, uh, it's the sort of thing where like I've seen a lot of people talking about like, what could be what might make this really cool is that you're able to show this to people who might not be able to play video games. Right. Uh, or or have any interest in video games and say, like, hey, here's this really cool thing. And if it's some cheesy, like if, if it's bad and it like looks bad and, and it just is like doesn't translate well, then it, it's hard to sell someone on that versus if, you know, 
it looks good and is a standalone TV show that works for people who are not already fans of this property, then then I think that uh, you're pretty golden. So I think that uh, concern, I think, is legit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to watch it and be so excited. Popcorn, big Slurpee cup, smile on oh, my that face. good. I would yeah. kill a frozen Coke right now. Frozen Coke? You're a frozen Coke person. I was more of the blue and the red mix. Like the icy? Yeah. yeah I mean, listen, yeah. I'm not knocking that. I'd try that. I'm, I'm yeah. down for that. Or I'll take but, a... The frozen uh, Baja Blasts that are basically frozen Cokes, but just the Baja Blast, like, fuck that right up. I'm still waiting to find in our area the seltzer, the, the, ba- the it's like the Baja Blast seltzer, like the alcoholic seltzer things. They sell those. Oh, like, that's like kind of cool. Like the White Claw and stuff. Uh, they're supposed to be selling them, like, around random areas. I follow the Twitter. I'm waiting. I was going to drive this summer to Iowa to do it, but I'm like, I don't want to go to Iowa, so. I, I know what you mean. Not worth it. Uh, and for what the Baja men, what do they got? Who let the dogs out and nothing else? Come on. Uh, Justin, uh, we're recording this on Monday uh, as opposed to our usual Sunday. And some news broke this morning that was a little odd, a little peculiar. I thought it was fake. Uh, and then I saw the story sort of corroborated by some other sources. Um, rumor has it that a Horizon Zero Dawn PS5 remaster slash remake is in the works um, alongside a multiplayer game, uh, an unannounced multiplayer game uh, in the Horizon series. Um, I, I, it's not totally clear if this is if this would be a remaster. So just, you know, maybe a visual visual upgrade um, and, you know, brought to the PS5. So I imagine either, you know, 60 frames per second or 120 or something like that. Uh, because I think the original already runs at 60, if I'm not mistaken, on PS5. Um, but it, it's not super clear like what the nature of this product is. But it's either going to be, as it's rumored, uh, a remaster or like a full-blown remake in the style of something like Last of Us Part 1. Um, at least that's what the Horizon Zero Dawn section of this. The other half is just a unannounced... Um, uh, 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 an unannounced multiplayer version of this game. We know that Sony has some multiplayer games in the works that aren't announced. Uh, it seems like this might be one of them. Justin, what do you think about both of these things? Uh, I'll start with the positive first. I think the multiplayer idea could be really fun. Um, yeah. You know, like a Monster Hunter world uh, kind of going out with your friends or alone fighting big monsters thinking about loadouts very much more specifically than I think I ever did when I played uh, the uh, Forbidden West. Um, Forbidden West? Mm-hmm. It's a good title, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. It's a better title than Zero Dawn. Yeah, yeah, Um So, like, the I think that is a cool idea, and, you know, you could, you know, it, there's just a lot you can do with that in a cool way, and I think having multiple people do set up traps and, and trip wires and stuff like that while another one's distracting it, aiming for different parts, and I think they could have really, like, massive monsters that you um, attack. I think that could be cool. Um, if it's going to be a standalone thing, um, I hope it'd be like substantial and not just like uh, a little like thing that you have to pay for. If it's like a full game, I'd probably be really interested if it's just like, uh, oh, here's some DLC. I don't know if I'd do that personally, um, but I think that's cool that they're doing that. I like it. Yeah. Good for that. The other reminds thing. Me, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, it reminds sorry, me sorry, a little sorry. bit of um, like if it's just like a side thing or like, a you know, here's some DLC that, you know, you can your friends can jump into. Reminds me a little bit of the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. Yeah, Did you ever yeah, play yeah. that? We're like, it's uh, fun. I didn't play it. I didn't play it, but like, that's like a full experience. 
I-ish. Full-ish experience. Fun. It's fun. It's an experience. But then you're kind of done with it. It's like pretty shallow. Not shallow. Okay. It's just like there's not much to it. Um, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just like some combat arenas, the Ghost of Tsushima weapons and whatever. Like, that's fun. And, and, but, and I think, too, with that, I wouldn't even have expected Ghost of Tsushima to have, like, multiplayer in it. Like, when I was playing that no. game, I wasn't, like, thinking, like, man, if I had three other samurai here, like, fighting with me, pretending to be stealth people, that'd be really fun. But, like, this one, I could see it. And I think if they could do well with Ghost of Tsushima, I'm assuming they can do well with this. Not yeah. the same company, obviously, but... But, you know, following so the lead. Yeah. yeah. So, second half of it. The remaster remake. What do you think? Why? Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, people Why? are complaining. People, people are like, it, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see what the, the Last of Us sales were. I don't know if that's released anywhere. I don't think we have our charts yet um, for uh, the month, that came, like last month. I bet even that it came out so late. I just don't know, like, who would want this? why we need it and even more so than with the last of us because the last of us at a certain point that was a ps3 game they had some remasters of it but like i guess i could make the argument that they wanted it to live up to the other one so it's seamless with it but i didn't think that horizon forbidden west was like drastically different in terms of its gameplay than horizon um uh zero dawn like i don't like is it to line it up I played them back to back. And? Same fucking game. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I, I I don't think, like, what they did with, like, the dismemberment of the of the robots is <laughs> warranted to carry over or whatever from, from game to game. It, like, feels like it's the same game with, like, a nicer coat of paint on it. Yeah. Um. So if they're just going to, like, put a nicer coat of paint on the older game, and are, some, some argue that Aloy wasn't a nicer coat of paint in the, in the new game, too um like i i just don't <laughs> yeah, know okay i i don't know i don't know why i mean are there weren't we talking about a tv series coming out with this on netflix yeah so is that why are they just doing the oh it worked with cyberpunk let's do it with this i don't i don't know um that seems like a, an expensive gamble yeah you know what i mean because like I think especially with cyberpunk, like people are just like very for whatever reason, people really, really liked like that world. Uh, and again, the game is not incredible. I would say it's better than Horizon Forbidden West and Zero Dawn. But like it's not a game I think that people are like blown away by. But there's something captivating about it. And I just don't think that there's that general captivation uh, in the same way about this series. Right. And its world and its characters and stuff. Um, I, I played this in January and February and uh, horizon zero dawn. And like it, I think it runs at 60 frames per second. It looks gorgeous. There was, there's a PS five update for it. So like when you play it, it is as solid as it can be. Yeah. It looks a little stiff, uh, in its cutscenes Cause they're, um, you know, in engine sort of like running, uh, and they're, they're, you know, it's a game from 2017. Like, what What do you want? Um, it's, it's a little stiff, sure, but, like, it's not, like, drastically that different, especially in, like, the visual department and, like, the mechanical department uh, from Horizon Forbidden West. I think the only thing you could really update is the character models and the animations. But even then, like, it's just clear that this is an older game, you know? Uh, 
Um, I don't know. I'm, yeah, go on. I'm scrolling through. They have like some like side by sides of like different parts of Aloy and different like like facial things from the two games. I mean, there's more detail, but it's not like to a level of like I'm like this is ugly versus this is beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the the mpfirst.com website looking at it, um, and like again, it's not like this huge leap uh, between like these two games and like I, I don't know and. It's cool, guys. It's, it's cool. just it's how it's tough to know what to say about this because it's just like, I, what do you want from this? You know, like we we talked about Last of Us remake, right? Uh, yeah, remake part one, and that um was one of those things that a lot of people were like, "What is what is this for?" Right? Why why are we doing this? But at the end of the day, you play those two games and you go, "Wow, that is different." You know, there is there is some major changes going on here but if you were to just if you were to do that same thing for a game that's six years older than it uh no 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 five years older than it i'm bad at math what i'm trying to say is horizon for zero dawn is just not that old it's just it just it seems like resources would be better spent elsewhere and i think that if they if this is true if all this is true and they are doing a remake remaster however you want to call it of this game it will be the sort of thing that is starting to set a bad precedent, in my opinion, for Sony uh, and, and for PlayStation, where it's just like they've had success with these IPs. They're very popular, but they're just wallowing in them, you know, and they're not moving them forward. And, you know, yeah, go on. And it's like they still have backwards compatibility on this stuff, too. Like, you can still play the PS4. It's not like... Yes. Like, may, this is even grosser, but if, if we didn't have backwards compatibility, maybe it's like, well, this is the only way I can play it on the PS5, maybe. But you, there's literally an upgrade for the PS5 for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... No, 100%. <sighs> I, uh, like I said, I played it this earlier this year, and I think that it is exactly how that game should be played. You know, like it's just, it's perfectly fine. It's not, it's not an issue. It's not a problem in my opinion, but what can you do? I feel uh, like there's also yeah. something different about playing last of us part one and part two back to back versus playing horizon one and horizon two back to back. Last of us one and two back to back. It's just, it is a beautiful seamless transition. Uh, and I think especially so because those two games are clearly made like the second one is so the first one is so essential to the story of the second one that like you should play the first game before you play the second one with horizon forbidden west i was talking to my roommate he was like you know i i thought about playing him but like having to play two open world games back to back just sounds like a lot And i was like literally if you want to play these start with the second one because the first one does not matter at all there is uh, i guess the revelations in the story about her being a clone spoilers for a game that's so old that they're remaking um but like like that that comes across perfectly fine in in the second game and also uh, it's one of those plots where everything is completely undone uh, at the very end because they just want to keep it going and they do a good bit of recap it's perfectly <laughs> like, fine one minute recap there, of like here's what we here's what we've done so far is there a recap in last of us part two previously on last of us <laughs> uh it starts with joel telling tommy what he did Okay, okay, I got it. And and so they give a pretty good, like, here's the gist, you know what I mean, of the last one. But, yeah. um, Yeah. Like, you could get it, I think, but you you play the first one. Um, Justin, God of War Ragnarok got its ESRB rating. 
Okay. Um, all right. Have you seen this? We like we've talked about ESRB ratings in the past, specifically I think with Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which was pretty funny. The um, deep cleavage. Deep cleavage and um, uh, what was her name? Uni Uni y- with uni? the e- wings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the way she says arse, which is funny. Arse. Because uh, they're very British. Um, but. Scottish, uk God of War Ragnarok. Um, I mean, the rating here is pretty much what you'd expect, right? Like combat, you players explore various realms, uh, frenetic hand-to-hand combat against human-like raiders and fantastical creatures like centaurs, trolls, and dragons. Um you know, they talk about axes and chained blades and all that sort of stuff. But the funny thing is the last, the very last sentence of this ERB, ESRB rating, which is the words fucking shit are heard in the game. Um, it is heard in the game. Like, <laughs> right. Like, like you're playing it and someone's like, fuck. It's like, what the, what was that? <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, the right. voices in your head. Like you're playing Hellblade and like, they like whisper in your ear and like, surround shots. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> um, do you think... Atreus is going to learn how to swear in this one. Oh, what he like struggles at first. He's like, Fark. and Curtis is like, what, what did you just say? Uh, I love when video games give him fake swear words where they're like Xandar. And it's like, what are you doing here? Uh, there was a game recently that did that. And I was like, Guardians on. of the Galaxy. Oh, that's the one. Uh, Flark. Yeah. Let my boy Rocket say fuck. <laughs> Let him say fuck. It just would be way better. The, yeah. Come on. Uh, anyway. Um, it's interesting. It, you know, I just played God of War 2018 recently. Um, and it, I, they say fuck at least once. Because I, I remember hearing it and being like, oh, yeah, this is an M-rated game. And what I appreciated about that moment, because it was one of the dwarves who says it. Um, and they're, they're great because they're just like loud mouth, like brash anyway. Like it totally fits their character. But what I appreciate about this, about God of War 2018, is that it is an M-rated game, but it doesn't need to prove it to you all the time. You know, we were talking about Cyberpunk being like, like we get it, you're an M-rated thing. You're saying fuck, and there's tits everywhere. Like I, like, I get it. Um, but like, are you saying something cool? Whereas God of War is an M-rated game, and it's a story told during an M-rated game. But it doesn't. Need, it's like not insecure. It doesn't need to just be like shit, fuck, shit all the time. Um, which I feel like um, other games and other properties certainly can fall into at times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this also reveals something pretty big. About the game. What do you... It says uh, you're uh, using a couple weapons, axes, chain blades to battle enemies. I'm not hearing anything about thumping someone with a hammer. Yeah. Just saying. Um, I think ESRB needs to be aware that you're hitting someone with a hammer. That's a different (laughs) blunt object that we're talking about here. The, Very the gl- true. But you can't really decapitate someone with a with a hammer, I guess. I feel like can't. I watch what is it? There's a show or maybe movie. It feels like very Lord of the Rings esque where someone hits someone with a hammer so hard in the head that their head flies off. Like a big war hammer. Oh, that's how the game of golf was created. Oh, sure. Just like the last of us part two. Um Yeah, there's not much else to say here. Uh just because like it's just confirmation that shit and fuck will be heard in God of War Ragnarok. Uh, but. Also, dragons. You're gonna fight a dragon again. Again, I liked the dragon fight. Uh, the dragon fight in God of War 2018, and then there's like the dragons you free. I like that a lot. Those are were fun. there centaurs in in the last one? So that's uh, co- more confirmation. No. I'm spilling the leaks right here. They they're not reporting about this, but you fight centaurs not with a hammer 
in God of War Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, this is an oddity, and I think this is interesting. Um, Randy Orton is a wrestler uh, in the WWE, and he was, uh, he's in uh, the most recent one. What the hell game is this? Um, WWE 2K. Oh, this is, uh, I see, sorry. Uh, he's been in these games frequently as he's a, a big name in he's wrestling. A wrestler. Um, but uh, back in 2018, Christine, uh, Catherine Alexander, who is a uh, tattoo artist and designer, filed a lawsuit against Take-Two Interactive for including her designs in WWE 2K16, 2K17, and 2K18. So this brings up an interesting point, right? Um did she win this? Let's see here. Uh, 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 so they rejected the argument uh, from, uh, oh, in Illinois. Um, Ooh. Because, uh, so, sorry. Uh, 2K argued that the use of tattoos were considered fair use. Uh, this is from an article called Tattoo Artist Successfully Sues 2K for Replicating Their Designs on a WWE 2K Wrestler on Video Game Chronicle. Uh, by Chris Scalian. Uh, he writes that um, 2K argued that the use of the tattoos were considered fair use because they were used for the purposes of realistically recreating Orton rather than Alexander's originally expressed pur purposes. A jury at the U.S. District uh, Court, Southern District of Illinois, rejected their argument, though, deciding that the use of Alexander's tattoo designs in the games didn't constitute fair use and that she was entitled to damages. Uh, she was paid... Uh, $3,750 uh, $3, in damages. Um, and it was determined that since none of the game's profits came as a direct result of the tattoos being included, she wasn't entitled to any further compensation. Um, what do you think about this? This is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I think again, I'm, not, I'm no legal expert or anything like that, but I feel like this is like a can of worms uh, that is going to be opened up and a lot of people can come and, and uh, you know, sue for their property and tattoos. I mean, how many video games depict humans that have tattoos? Well, that's the thing, right? Like the fact that it's real people and real tattoos is such a, it, it, you gotta be careful, right? I think even like including like books, if like a character is going to be reading a book, like you have to get the express permission, to, like put that in. Otherwise, like you can't, which is why there are so many like fair use books that show up in games and stuff like that. Um, Moby Dick, for ah, example, that's a classic. Like I read all of Moby Dick and The Longing. By the way, one of these the days—that's what it was. Yeah, one of these days I got to check on my little guy again, see if he ever got out or he fell asleep in his chair. <laughs> I almost don't yeah. want to. I don't want him to like just be like sad and gone and be like, "You've been so gone for it's like so a Tamagotchi, long. just like you abandoned me." It's just covered in poop. Well, Hershey yeah. kisses. <laughs> now that's just like Cult of the Lamb too. Um, hey. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. Take Two was sued uh, for the same thing essentially back in 2020 uh but they won their suit basically um the judge said that take two had an implicit uh, implied license to use tattoos because the nba deal included a player's likeness rights um so it, it's curious to see like what is different about the likeness of wrestlers and stuff like that um and obviously likeness comes hand in hand with tattoos and stuff like that um so I'll be curious to what sort of precedent this sets, if any, because um, I, I think this sort of stuff is is kind of fascinating about like recreating human beings in a virtual space like this. Well, I also think part of this, too, is is probably going to be um, take to bring it up to a higher court 
Um, I don't know exactly. Again, I'm no legal expert here, but I would assume that they're going to want to bring it higher just to like either get the case to drop or to work on some settlement behind doors and stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. this seems like something that could just like not that I'm protecting a big company here, but this could be something that could, as I said, open up a can of worms for not only this video game, but a lot of other people coming to um, come in. It's just like when people like uh, protect copyright uh, on something that's like not an issue just to like make sure they maintain the copyright on it. This seems like one of those things too, that they're not just going to be like, that's cool. It's only $3,700 a lot for me, but not so much for take two. I'm assuming they're going to keep pushing forward to just see like how hard they, how they can get this. And one of these days, the Supreme Court will be like, yeah, so Randy Orton's tattoo. Uh, we got to talk about this. And you got like uh, all, all of our government going through this and it becomes a big political voting issue on our next election um, that we have to deal with. Can't wait for that, everyone. That that dystopian future. Can't wait for it, I can. I can't wait for it. Justin, uh, what other video games have you played this week? Anything? Um, so I went back to Splatoon 3, and I, I'm going to not always talk about this, but I have a, I have a revelation that I've made. Mm-hmm. In previous weeks, I talked about how Splatoon is the Dark Souls of, of Nintendo. Hard. It's difficult. Oh, have you? Okay, I see. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is news to me. Got it. Okay. It's on the same, same level. Um, it turns out, uh, don't use motion controls, guys. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> motion control is really not the gamer's uh, control style, huh? Well, that is that is not true. People okay. will argue that using it, you're more accurate with it. And I think a lot of pro players do a lot of my tip videos that I've, I've been you know, mainstreaming to get a little better, get the strats down, recommend that you do the motion controls, do it all the way to high sensitivity so you move a little bit. But there's just like my 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 little monkey brain just cannot process that correctly. And I'm yeah. always just not aiming right. So I decided to move to the sticks. And while I'm still like terrible at the multiplayer and like being like great at aiming, I was able to beat that boss I couldn't beat like on the first try. Like it was embarrassing. No no it was kidding. embarrassing how much time, uh, how much effort and anger I put into it. And yeah. then I just get it with the sticks on the first time. And it was like really easy. <sighs> So well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're improving. Yeah, yeah I guess. I, mean, I just found a way to, to not hit my head against a wall anymore. Yeah. Uh, the game is fun, though. I, I find it really easy to pick up and play for 20 minutes. Playing it for much more than 20 minutes would be frustrating. Um, sure. I think what uh, you were speaking to is how sometimes it feel like you get into a match, you'd lose like 10 to 90 and stuff like that. From what I'm hearing, the matchmaking is bad, and you sometimes get grouped up with people that are just way too good, um, and then other people drop off, and you get stuck on a bad side of things, and eventually sure. you're just surrounded by too many good people. So when that happens and I get wiped out like that, I'll usually uh, pull back from the lobby and go into a new one, and it seems oh, to at least okay. prevent it from like getting too bad, where it's like five matches in a row, and it's just like, like just I can't even leave my home base, guys. I can't, yeah. This isn't fun for anyone, right? Um but yeah, uh, keep trying out some new weapons here and there. So I'm still still get my Splatoon three going. Glad to hear it. Uh, similarly, I've been continuing at The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I'm on Seattle Day Two of uh, Abby section. Oh, uh, oh, oh! Spoiler. Nah, it's, it's, it's been two years. Is that okay? I, I guess. Th- to be honest, you're bringing up a good question. Like, is this a spoiler at this point? Like, it is. I but think is it's. It? A, 
I think at this point, people who care about it, like they they've played it, right? You know, like and if he, someone if someone is gonna be st- like standing on on spoilers here and be like, wait, I've been waiting to play The Last of Us Part Two till the TV series of The Last of Us Part Two comes out. You're gonna be waiting for a while, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, the more I play this, the more I, I like. I'm not trying to sound like this, like. The more I play it, the more convinced I am that it's one of the best games ever made. Great. Like, it is, it is such a fantastic game that I think really um, leans heavy into empathy and sympathy um, in a way that I, I think a lot of people, like, think is really way too heavy handed. But I don't know. I disagree. I find it to be very poignant and moving. Uh, I talked last week about how I think Ellie's self-destructive nature is so sad and it's so sympathetic because you look at her and you're like, I like I've been where you've been, not like specifically, but like <laughs> I hope not. I've never been to Seattle, but like <laughs> the only thing, the only separation. <laughs> right. But, you know, like I, I see I see where you're coming from. Right. Um, and and similarly, I think Abby is an equally interesting character of just someone who's going through the motions of life and and like has done some things that maybe she doesn't feel very good about. But you know what? I did them. So whatever. Um, and then she starts to change and she, she starts to meet people who like show her a little bit of, of the real light that there is, you know, with Lev and Yara and, um, damn, it's so good. I just, so last night I finished the section where you do the, the bridges, the, like the sky bridges. Yeah. And, uh, I finished it and then I, I went to bed. Like I finished that section and then I went to bed and like, as I got up to put my controller on my little TV stand, like I was like locked like I was just so like knotted up, just so tense, just because it's such a fantastic scene of like, oh my gosh, like this is so intense and crazy. And then when it's all over, like I was like sh- I was like knotted up and shaking. I was just like all like in a bunch. Wow, it's a good game. It's what I'm trying to say. It's a good yeah, game. Yeah, I I, I want to play it again at some point when I have time and the backlog isn't hurting me, but. Um, I, I, nothing but good memories of that game minus yes. the pandemic and the negativity and the, of the yes. sadness of the, you know, that kind of stuff. I will say playing it now removed from all of the conversations around like, is this a good game? Is this a bad game? Should gay people exist? Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That was the, that was the third camp of people who I just can't stand about this. Um, <laughs> but like playing it completely removed from all that just like conversation and debate and like exhaustive like please stop yes gay people should exist uh especially in video games um playing it removed from all of that i think is kind of refreshing because i don't have to worry about like formulating an opinion about this because i already know what my opinion is and i just get to enjoy it and really like it and go like yeah this is a really good game yeah yeah great so you finished monkey island i did did they Spoilers for Monkey Island from here on out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to talk about this ending. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's for, just for the rest of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening. If you've not played Monkey Island, if you're going to play Monkey Island, uh, play it. It's not that long. And then come back and listen to this. Uh, you've been warned. Here we go. We're saying it in three, two, one. Hey, Justin, what was that ending? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so if you don't care uh, and haven't played it, basically you... Like the whole time you're searching for you're searching for the secret of Monkey Island, and it's gonna be in this tiny little treasure chest that LeChuck ends up taking, 
and uh, he runs back underneath the monkey, the giant monkey head on Monkey Island. You follow him there. You solve a bunch of puzzles, and then you get to the end, and he goes through this door, and you follow him through the door, and then you walk out, and you're in this like animatronic recreation of Melee Island, which is like the island from the beginning of the game. Is Melee Island like in other games too? Yeah, yeah, that's like the main island. Okay. Um, apart from Monkey Island. Monkey Island is the is the is the destination. destination? Melee Got Island it. is the port start home case. Uh, so you're on this like animatronic like theme park version of Melee Island where like all of the people and all the shops and stuff are like mechanical and uh, if you go and and take the key and take the chest from LeChuck, uh, turns out the secret of Monkey Island is a T-shirt that says like I found the secret of Monkey Island and all I got was this stupid shirt. Um, <laughs> And, like, no one seems to, like, recognize, like, hey, this is weird. Uh, Guybrush sort of says, like, hey, Elaine, isn't this weird? And she's like, what are you talking about? Let's leave. And then your kid asks, like, so what was the secret? And then you can tell him a bunch of different things, and it changes the ending you get. But um, what did you, like, what's up with that? What did you think of all that? I imagine it means something. I just haven't thought about it hard enough, I guess. I'm going to be honest, like this is me being negative because I'm going to be because this literally went from a game I was having so much fun with and it was a nice, simple return to whatever. And then it was like, we, we're not going to finish it. We're just going to end it right here. We use some assets, put a, pu- a couple puppet things in here and then go with it. And then that's that's how it felt like it ended to me. Um, I think the meta way to look at it is that these stories that he's telling his son, the the stories are the important part, not what actually happened or the end yeah. goal. It's that time you're spending with it. And all of these stories are kind of like these elaborate concoctions that Guybrush tells about, you know, his like stories and exaggerating them and probably wasn't quite like that through all of his histories and stuff. He just tells these like fantastical stories. And then the legend of his son retelling stuff kind of becomes what the game is and like the legend of stuff. So I think that that's like the meta way to look at it, but it really just killed all this momentum that they were building towards. And they just ended it in a way that, Quite frankly, like, I'm sorry. Like, I know a lot of time was put into this. I know a lot of heart. And I know this probably meant a lot to the creators. It just felt rushed and, and unsatisfying to a way that it almost felt like I was, like, being laughed at. Like, when he's sitting there on the bench at the end just looking out into the distance, I was like, is, is like, he going to oh, start? Sad. Is he going to, like, zoom in and start talking about, like, to me, the player, being like, <laughs> I see what you're doing. You did something wrong. like I didn't like what's what, like is like I didn't know like where it was going with that. And you're right. It was a little sad when you think about it, um, like remembering those things. I guess maybe the real messages don't have kids. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was it, like you're totally right. Like without like no pun intended, like it just takes all the wind out of the sails of the story because like you go through the door and you're like, all right, what's going to happen? And it's like, what's happening here? And like by the time you walk through the door, you have like maybe 90 seconds of the video game left. Yep. And then it's just like, and that was the secret. And your kid's like, well, what was the secret? And you can say one of like six things. And then it's just, you get a post-credit stinger that's like two seconds long and that's it, depending on what you answer. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. And it I was, get like, uh, go on. It was just disappointing. Uh, I get, I get the idea of like the secret of Monkey Island being something that like you're chasing for so long and it's, it's kind of intangible you know what i mean so like giving a single answer is tough for something like that you know it's because there are going to be people who've been thinking about it for so long that like 
someone's going to be left unsatisfied or wanting more or upset or whatever. But it's just like by providing zero answer, I think is maybe like unsatisfying to everyone, you know? Yeah. I, they, they were setting up some interesting breadcrumbs throughout the story about like, um, Elaine, like looking like at all the stuff that Guybrush did to get to the secret and like destroying it. And I thought that was literally the the end of the story about the idea that, you know, all the destruction that you've done on the way to get to this thing, was it worth it in the end? That kind of idea. And they dropped all that. And even had a conversation with Elaine after that. And it's just kind of like, oh, we'll talk about it later. And they never really resolved that. That's part of the story. They never really resolved the whole secret of Monkey Island with LeChuck and that kind of face off and stuff like that. And they just kind of ended in this like way that got like they were trying to be meta, but it really came out of nowhere to a point where I don't know. They could if that's what they wanted to do. What if you had control? Like, I I don't want to play what if armchair video game designer here. But if you you suddenly got back in control of Guybrush's kid and it was like, what do you think happened? And then the kid was like, well, this happened and this happened. And then it literally happened, whatever you, whatever random stuff you said that you got to happen. And then it becomes that whole idea that the narrative is what you make it rather than whatever the story is and that kind of thing. And your imagination is where the, the journey comes from or however they wanted to do that. But just like the way it ended was so, as someone who loves this series and loves these games, it just kind of fell so flat for me. And if this is truly going to be the last one, I don't know. It's just, it's like, what I think is wild, too, is Guybrush comes out there, and, like, us as the audience are like, hey, what? Like, what's happening? And, like, you talk to Elaine, and you're like, I don't understand. What's going on here? And she's like, what do you mean? You Like, you're here. Like, you're at the, you're at this theme park. And there's, like, no follow-up, like, what? <laughs> it's just yep. like, oh, okay. Anyway, you want to leave? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Sad. It's sad. Um, but, uh, other than that, I, I thought it was a fun game. Um, there's a couple puzzles that are just kind of like, that's what you wanted me to do. Um, that was really kind of like a head on it. Uh, I, I did not end up playing. I think I was playing the casual mode version of it. Sure. Um, really no difference. Yeah. Really, I, like that one yeah. puzzle you were talking about the nails. I never had to do that. That's what yeah, I didn't okay. have to do and stuff. Um, the one puzzle that was really annoying was putting the, the thing on the map the flag oh, on the map man yeah like that the, was that that was one three that, of those yeah but but even though that was annoying it, what no i only had one casual oh there are three and e- getting each of the three is like a whole thing i just had the, like a pirate ship that i had to like befriend and like show that i was With like, the scurvy mean, yeah 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 wow no you do that and then you have to there's like three full ass quests that you have to go on it's oh, a nightmare. So maybe I'll go back and do that. Uh, no, I mean, like, it, it doesn't add anything. Like, I, I think that my recommendation is play this on casual mode. It, re- it truly, I don't think, adds a single Use thing. Use the to this hints game. if you get stuck. Don't feel like you shouldn't. Yeah, agreed. But yeah. Did oh, you like uh, it? Yeah, uh, until the ending. Yeah. I was, I was figuring it was going to build up to this cool ending, and then it just stopped. Um, yeah. But there's some really funny stuff. Like, I love when you basically become the queen. (laughs) 
Yep, and you overthrow the, the thing, the government or whatever. Yeah, like immediately. It, it just yeah. like, all right, I guess you're going to be free now. Uh, bye. And then you like leave and everything gets like, dest- not destroyed, but like it's just like <laughs> you redo the castle and you can't go back in the castle because you're getting the carpet cleaned or whatever. So it's like it's silly stuff. You're right, though, when you're when you meet back up with Elaine, because you like it intermittently through that final chapter or one of the final chapters, like you have all these scenes of like her finding all the destruction, like the destruction you're leaving. And then she brings it up to you as you're like going for the secret. And you're, she's like, is it this is like worth it? And you're like, yeah. And she goes, oh, OK. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> it's nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anywho. Monkey Island. Play it. Do you think that uh, in Uncharted, Elena is called Elena because of Monkey Island? I sure hope so. I mean, that'd be pretty funny. It's kind of it's kind of a similar vein, isn't it? Yeah, I I do think Nathan Drake and Guybrush give me some similar vibes. Well, I mean, right about like Nathan Drake's like destructive quest for like to be remembered and for treasure and stuff like that, especially in the fourth one. Yeah. And like yeah. her role, her role in that is very similar. Elaine, Elena's role is very similar about like picking up the pieces and being like, um, excuse me, you can't be doing this. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's good in that. She's good in that game. She's good in all those games, but. Uh, hey, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, you can join us on Discord. Link to that is in the description of this episode, along with the links to any of the um, articles that we referenced during this whole show. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a deluxe podcast producer. Three bucks a month. You're getting seven plus hours of bonus content um, for $3 a month. That's a lot and it helps support us and keep the lights on in the show and all that sort of stuff too you can join the ranks of dave parker and jay noel if you do if not it's all good follow us on twitter at hitbox pod or leave us a review on spotify apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on it would really go a long way to help us out justin am i missing anything grog i'm not picking that up grog um i don't have this pulled up i said uh how many puzzles are too many puzzles. Um, as a guide writer, there were a few of them that were a few too many. The chapter three, when you're doing, or four, when you're doing all of that, like island hopping, uh, it was 5,000 words that I wrote. Uh, oh, for reference, okay. that's a lot. That you, is a lot. You, you get paid a dollar a word, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm rich now. <laughs> Thanks, Monkey Island. Um, I, I'm Guybrush Threepwood. Guidebrush. Hey, Guidebrush. That's actually very, very funny, Justin. I wish I had that. I would have changed my Discord name for our little server for <laughs> game ranks. That's very funny. Um, all right. Bye. Always remember old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> 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 <laughs>